from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, security gang, and happy Thursday. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's Thursday, July 27th, 2023. We've got a show for you all today, including the new, a deep dive into the new SEC cybersecurity disclosure rules that have been released, as well as a whole slew of additional victims out of Move It, North Korea, really making some, uh, uh, starting to really take a financial hit. Um, Talked about it earlier this week, talked about it a little bit last week, but today we're starting to see the culmination of why we haven't heard North Korea in the headlines for very long either. So all of that on this morning's show. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Find us on your favorite podcast listening platform. We are live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Rumble. So good morning, everyone tuning in from there. We see your comments. So uh, I will preface by saying the following. I don't have an espresso this morning. You may ask yourself why. Well, let me make it very, uh, I, I, I won't leave you uh, guessing. I've got backup espresso machines. Nothing has gone wrong. Today, however, for the Jewish people, is the uh, we observe Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av is the date today on the Jewish calendar. It's also the day where the first and second temple were destroyed. So during this day, from sunset to sunset, we fast. We don't eat. We don't drink. Uh, some people don't work. Some people don't drive. It's a fast to to remember the fact that we lost uh, both temples were destroyed the first time by the Greeks, the second time by the Romans. And so we fast. So this morning, I will not be joining you for our ceremonial coffee cup cheers due to the fast. It's Shabbat, you can look it up on Wikipedia. It's the destruction of the first and second temple, which happened at the same day, thousands of years, uh, hundreds of years apart, I believe. So uh, there's that. So without further ado, coffee cup cheers to all of y'all, because I see some of you guys have freshly crowned Lavazza espresso barista beans. So be remiss on a fast like today where I can smell those beans and I could really use one and I'm not having one. Coffee cup cheers y'all and welcome to the show this morning. All right, let's get it. Let's get the show cracking and going with Maximus, a government MSP now fallen victim to a cyber attack uh, and, and part of the move it vulnerability uh, potentially exposing the information of 11 million individuals who were part of that. The government service provider Maximus has now revealed that they have uh, they are the uh, one more victim uh, added to the list of nearly 513 organizations that have been impacted by the MoveIt hack. The personal information of around 35 million individuals has been stolen in this campaign. In the 8K filing with the SEC on Wednesday, Maximus confirmed that it's one of the companies impacted by the attack. They're saying internal and external file sharing purposes, including the shared data with government customers, pertaining to individuals who participate in various government programs. The attacker stole file containing PII and PHI, including social security numbers of at least 8 to 11 million individuals that don't know that number definitively as of yet. At present, there's no indication that the incident had any impact on any internal IT systems of the company or its customers beyond the move it environment. However, they believe that the investigation and remediation activities uh, will uh, the expenses that they will incur will be around an additional $15 million for the quarter ending June 30th of this year. Headquartered in Ruston, Virginia, Maximus works with government agencies in the U.S., Australia, Canada, and the U.K., managing and administrating government-sponsored health and human services program. The company has around 34,000 employees, so they're the latest victim in this movie campaign. 
Canadian Heart Monitoring and Medical Electrocardiogram Solution Provider Cardiocom has announced it's taken its systems offline following a cyber attack on the organization. Cardiocom's business operations will be impacted for several days and potentially longer, depending on how quickly the company is able to restore its data and reestablish its production server environment. According to Cardiocom, there's no evidence that customer health information was compromised in the attack, mainly because the software runs on each of the client's systems. Further, Cardiocom does not collect patient health information from its client. The company has initiated an identity theft precaution should any employee PII have been compromised to minimize impact on staff. The company also noted that it may also uh, that uh, this might also impact its ability to finalize required filing in response to the cease trade order issued by the Ontario's Securities Commission, which resulted in the suspension of its shares uh, trading imposed by the uh, TSX Venture Exchange. So another company suffers a cyber attack, another company goes offline. And that's a bit of a trend uh, that we see here with these organizations is they go online and they don't really know how long. And, and, and again, I think that's a challenge. And, and it's something, you know, when we do tabletop exercises or we're planning around incidents, do we know how long it would take for us to recreate our most basic operate business operation environment should we need to do so it's often not talked about it's often not practiced it's not brought up but it's it's really worthy of a conversation because it's a great way to also win more budget right if your your engineering team and your infrastructure team says to rebuild if we had to take everything online and rebuild just our core business operation servers it'll probably take us two weeks Hey, Mr. CEO, Mr. CRO board, are you guys good with having limited availability for two weeks? No. All right. How do we get it down in one week? What do we need to do? And, and that, that's the kind of conversations that need to be had. And unfortunately, a lot of these organizations find this out after the fact, after the fact. Lazarus are linked to a $60 million Alpha Poo crypto heist. A blockchain analysts are blaming Lazarus for a recent attack on a payment processing platform, Alpha Po where the attackers stole almost $60 million in crypto. Their, uh, AlphaPo is a centralized crypto payment provider for gambling sites, e-commerce subscription services, and other online platforms. It was attacked on Sunday, July 23rd, with the initial estimate of, of amount of money stolen estimated to be around $23 million. This theft included over $6 million in USDT, $108,000 in USDC, and $100.2 million FTNs, and then so forth, about 2,500 Ethereums and 1,700s. Uh, all drained from hot wallets, likely made possible through a leak of private keys. Well-known crypto chain investigator Zach XBT warned yesterday that the attackers also drained an additional 37 million of Tron and BTC, as seen on the Dune Analytics data, raising the total amount stolen to almost 60 million dollars. So, moreover, the uh, uh, Zach XBT claims that the attack appears to carry characteristics of a Lazarus heist, and backed the claim by saying that Lazarus creates a very distinct fingerprint on the chain but no further details were provided. Obviously, uh, you know, from a DNA perspective, we know Lazarus are typically the group that goes after this kind of stuff because North Korea typically is trying to circumvent sanctions. So there's that. So more there. The SEC is now requiring companies to disclose cyber attacks within four days of it taking place. According to the Wall Street Watchdog, now material incidents are those that a public company shareholder would consider important in making an investment decision. The SEC also adapted new regulation mandating foreign private issuers to provide equivalent disclosures following cybersecurity breaches. Whether a company loses a factory in a fire or millions of files in a cyber incident, it may be material to investors, according to SEC Chair Gary Gensler. Um, I think companies and investors alike, however, would benefit 
if this disclosure were made in a more consistent, comparable, and decision-useful way uh, through helping to ensure the companies disclose material cybersecurity information, today's rules would benefit investors, companies, and the market connect- connecting them. Listed companies now have to include details about the cyber attack, including the incident nature, scope, and timing in their 8K forms. The new incident reporting rules are set to take effect in December or 30 days after being published in the Federal Register. However, smaller companies will be granted an additional 180 days before they're required to provide Form 8K disclosures. So this has kind of been going on for a year, but the nature of the disclosure now that we're going to see from these 8Ks, the date of discovery and status of the incident, whether it's still ongoing or resolved, a concise description of the incident's nature and extent, any data that may have been compromised, altered, accessed, or without or used without authorization, the impact of the incident on the company's operation and information about ongoing or completed remediation efforts by the company. So this is a lot of data that companies are going to have to disclose uh, through the 8K, and we'll see what kind of impact that's going to have from a national security perspective, meaning could we see uh, critical infrastructure companies that are publicly listed say we're not giving all these details um, for national security reasons. You could see potentially DHS come through and, 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 ask for a court order to redact some of those uh, information as well. So interesting. See what happens. Uh, this SEC is, is going to, I don't know that it's going to upend our industry. I've seen a lot of people kind of after this posted yesterday um, on, on, on various uh, um, social media platforms go and say, well, this is really going to upend the way we do things. No, not really. It doesn't upend it. And it's, it's likely to increase transparency, which could potentially be extremely, extremely helpful it would also could potentially put practitioners in danger uh, simply because once you put out all that detail and it's publicly available, um, other companies could become victims um, of, of the same type of type of uh, incident. So there, there's got to be a balance. I don't know that the SEC struck that balance here. Uh, transparency is important, obviously, but there, there's got to be some level of balance. I don't know that that balance is there. And, and, and so we'll see how companies deal with this as this becomes enforced. And we'll probably look at it next year in 2024 and on the show and, and, and reminisce about this day on July 27th. NATO is investigating an alleged data theft by sieged sake hackers. NATO has confirmed that its IT team is investigating claims about an alleged data theft hack on the Communities of Interest Cooperation Portal by a hacking group norm, uh, known as Sieged Sec. The uh, COI CARP Cooperation Portal is a military alliance, unclassified information sharing and collaboration environment dedicating to supporting NATO's organizations and member nation. Yesterday, Siege Sec posted on Telegram that they have hundreds of documents stolen from the portal. Uh, cybersecurity company Cloud SCK analyzed the leaked data and found that it compromises 845 megabytes of files, 8,000 raw user-related sensitive information, unclassified document and user account access details. They include full name, company unit, working group, job title, business email ID, residence address, and photos. So in response to the request for comment on the authenticity of the leaked data, a NATO official said at this time that they are investigating the claim and that NATO cyber experts are looking into the recent claims associated with the communities of uh, um, interest uh, cooperation portal. We face malicious cyber activity on a daily basis and NATO and allies are responding to this reality, including by strengthening our ability to detect, prevent, and respond to such activities. Well, we'll see that. Siege Seco at the start of the year claimed a breach of uh, Atalasian and leaked thousands of employer records of now added NATO to that list. Interesting. We'll see what NATO does here and how much of, 
how much of this is really there uh, and really impactful. Uh, something tells me this, you know, uh, they're going to ask us to fund more NATO stuff. Just saying. Massive macOS campaign is targeting crypto wallets and data. Users of macOS devices on the hunt for free blockchain games might want to put in some extra efforts at verifying the authenticity. The free blockchain games that are downloaded uh, that downloaded the games have ended up with their cryptocurrency wallets being drained in a hurry, having their store passwords and uh, browser data stolen, according to Sentinel One. The vendor analyzed 59 uh, real set samples and discovered 16 variants in the data set. About a third of the samples had code strings in them that suggested the threat actors already targeting macOS 14 Sonoma, a version of the OS that's still in beta testing and which Apple expects to release later this year. Some of the samples were digitally signed with an Apple developer ID and has since been revoked, according to Sentinel One. Security vendor also assessed that the realist uh, info stealer campaign is likely linked to another info stealer called Pureland. So there's that. Now, here's the deal. Why am I bringing this up? I'm not going to go into too much detail here for all you practitioners. One, for time. Number two, for the sake of, you know, not not making this podcast go 25 minutes this morning. But here's the deal. If you've got a BYOD and it's a Mac device and these people do whatever they want to do on those devices, these are one of the the risks you introduce in those types of environments. And it's one of the risks you need to manage. Meaning if someone's downloading games, how do I isolate my environment away from that one? And, and it's also, again, it's good to kind of reach out to your employees who potentially are blockchain gamers and let them know this is happening. Here's a way to, to defend yourself. Again, that's how you build security ambassadors in your organizations. That's how you're able to really preach security without having to do a phishing test. So there's that as well. And finally, almost 40% of the Ubuntu users are vulnerable to a new privilege escalation flaw. Two Linux vulnerabilities introduced recently into the Ubuntu kernel create the potential for unprivileged local users to gain Elevated privileges on a massive number of devices. Ubuntu is one of the most widely used Linux distributions, especially popular in the U.S., having an approximate user base of around 40 million. Two recent flaws tracked to CV 2023-32629er and uh, 2640 were discovered uh, by the team over at Wiz, introduced uh, the OS, impacting roughly 40% of Ubuntu uh, user base. The two analysts found the problems after discovering discrepancies and implementing the overlays of S module on the Linux kernel. These can be remotely taken advantage of, but they can be locally. So keep that in mind with your Ubuntu uh, environments, simply because it's local user privilege escalation. It could mean someone in your organization, an insider threat, not even malicious, but rather just trying to get something done could do that. And that's something um, you guys could absolutely, everyone here needs to pay attention to. That's it for our show today. We'll be back with a whole lot more um, tomorrow. uh, Sorry, Monday whole lot more Monday. It's Thursday. We'll be back Monday live with all the latest and greatest. Also, Black Hat. And to walk you off today, not our traditional video, but our Black Hat promo video. Here you all go. Enjoy and have a great weekend.